Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Hi, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. I have Denzel Washington here with me. Hey, what's happening, Insurgents? And we are going to continue to answer your questions that you have sent in. The question is, I attend a leadership-driven church. The pastor is a dynamic speaker. However, his messages are focused on shame and our works. Hmm. I am seeking out other insurgents, but until I find one, how do I continue to be part of this local body? How do I not lose sight of the way? How do I seek out other insurgents without being seen as a disruptive influence? Thank you for your work in the kingdom. Here are some things to consider. First of all, if you are benefiting from this church, you feel the Lord has you there, then you should stay there. Amen. And you don't want to cause division That's right. at all, yeah. which appears to be something you're sensitive to. Now, if you go to my blog, frankviola.org, or look at the show notes of this podcast episode, you will see that there is an article called How to Start a Kingdom Cell, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it gives you step-by-step instructions on how to find other insurgents, or how to actually create them. Yes. Meaning, finding a believer and sharing the gospel of the kingdom with them so that they have an opportunity to join the insurgents. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, one of the ways to do that, and there are many different ways listed in that article, is to give a copy of the book to your pastor. Amen. Yeah. And many people have been doing that. Yes. They've been giving copies of the book to pastors, and I've been hearing from some of these pastors. Great. They've been contacting me. Some of them have actually bought in cases of the book to give to their congregations. Some of them are preaching from it. I have no idea of the numbers, but the publisher has made a special discount for bulk copies, and the link is in that article, so if people are interested in doing that. By the way, I don't profit from my book sales if somebody's wondering if I'm trying to sell books. (laughs) Amen. I've heard you say that so often, I don't even think about that. Yeah. The term starving authors is actually true. Unless you're Rick Warren or Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer or Beth Moore, you're hardly going to make any money off your books. So anyway... So having said that, you may seek to find a person or persons interested in just meeting together mm-hmm. to talk about the kingdom of God yes. in the church where you attend. Not to try to split off groups to yourself. Amen. Certainly not to subvert what the pastor's doing. Amen. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, there are other ways to find people where you live yes. who are Christian. And really, it boils down to making relationships with people and getting to know them. Amen. If this church has home meetings Mm -hmm. during the week, start going there and get to know people. Amen. And have no other agenda but to get to know them, serve them where they are. And out of that, perhaps, you may be able to open your own home or introduce the gospel of the kingdom 
to the existing group if they're interested in looking at something new and having conversations. Yeah. But it all begins with prayer and it begins with having your eyes open and it begins with being available. Mm. And it begins with seeking to find other people. Beautiful thing about a kingdom cell, Jeffrey, as you know, is that you only need to find one other person. Yes. Who's interested. Just one person. It could start as a book club. Some people have used the website Meetup. And, hey, we have a book club, and we go through a Christian book, you know, every six months or something. And so you may want to pick Insurgents to be the first book you go through. Amen. That's an example. But anyway, with prayer and an open heart to seek and to connect with other people, I believe in time the Lord will bring across your path a person who would be interested in discussing the subject. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about the kingdom cell, and I'm glad you pointed it out, that one to two people... And the book gives some very good insight in how to start a kingdom cell and to do all those things. And so Frank V and I first started doing some of these podcasts like nine months ago. And at the release of the podcast, there was a couple people who were in Philadelphia, one specific gentleman I'm thinking of right now, who reached out to me, you know, through Facebook. And, you know, we began conversing with one another. And I wanted a kingdom cell. He said to me, hey, why don't, why don't we do that? So I was trying to make it with mm. with his wife and him and then my wife and myself to have four people. But our wives' schedule, you know, it wasn't conducive to, for both our wives to be a part of it too. And I was actually getting a little frustrated with trying to do it. You know, this brother just said to me, he said, Jeff, in the book it says you just need one other person. Yeah. So he and I started meeting you know on thursdays he goes into work in the afternoon so we would meet for lunch on on thursdays and and just going through the book and and just edifying each other and i'll ask you a question what what was the concept that you got kingdom cells from yeah that's a great question and by the way before i answer it i'm in touch with lots of christians throughout the united states and other countries and these kingdom cells are popping up in lots of places Mm. Some of them just have two people. Some of them have three, four. Some of them have six. I was just talking to a brother recently. They have eight meeting Wow! in their kingdom cell. Let me first dismantle what a kingdom cell is not. Back in the 80s, there was a movement called the Cell Church Movement. Mm. And I know the individual who started it. This is not a cell group, all right? It's completely different. It comes from the idea that the gospel of the kingdom produces a radicalization, what I call the true radicalization, to the true Lord of this world. Just like the terrorist groups have their own version of radicalization. People Mm -hmm. say that person got radicalized. Now they're all in on the terrorist cause. Well, that's a false radicalization. The true radicalization happens when a person is baptized. This is what happened in the first century. The gospel of the kingdom was preached. People repented and believed. In other words, they turned their whole life around, turned their back on the world system, gave their full allegiance to Jesus Christ, And then they were baptized in water, wherein they broke the loyalty oath Mm. to the world system. And now they had a new master, a new lord, a new king, and their whole life was dedicated and devoted and surrendered to him. And they became part of this community, this kingdom community. The New Testament uses the word ecclesia to describe it. And it was a people who had a shared life together who were living completely different from the people in the world. Their values were different. Their culture was different, spiritual culture, social mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Their mindset was different. Their way of life was different. Yes. 
So this community stuck out like a sore thumb. Now, in the terrorist organizations, you have what's called sleeper cells. Okay. And these are small groups of people who are given to their cause. Yes. So I took the concept of a sleeper cell mm -hmm. and transposed it into the kingdom of God. Kingdom so cell. you become radicalized. Now you become part of a kingdom cell. Amen. And what these kingdom cells do, and I actually give some very simple basic instruction on what people can do in a kingdom cell in the book. All right. There's a description of that. It's very simple. It gives you some practical guidance on what you do in your meetings. But what ends up happening is relationships are forged and they move from a superficial relationship yes, yes. to a deepening relationship to the point where they are experiencing mutual care yes for one yes, another yes, right yes now some people who are part of kingdom cells they're part of existing churches but this is something much more intimate yes and this is not life group that's part of a church where you go through the pastor sermons and you know you talk about yeah, that yeah. this is something much more robust but the concept comes from the sleeper cell idea. And it is really the embryo of a kingdom community. And some of these kingdom cells eventually turn into full-blown, face-to-face kingdom communities. Now, let me say something about organic churches, that term. Mm -hmm. You know, Jeffrey, I use the expression, the organic expression of the church in my books, Pagan Christianity and Reimagining Church, both which were written in 2008. Okay. Now, at that time, the terms organic church, organic expression of the church, were fairly new on the Christian horizon. Okay. Now, some other people used them, but it wasn't used often. Mostly what people would talk about is house church or simple church. Okay. Both terms I don't like at all, and I'm not an advocate of house church. All house church is is a group of Christians meeting in a home. There are about 3,004 different varieties, Wow! many of which are not much different than an institutional church, some of which are highly toxic, mm -hmm. and there's nothing special or magical about meeting in a home. God's That's passion right. is not That's the right. house. It doesn't Amen. matter if you meet in a house, a building, a rented space, a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. The location is not Amen. really the name of the game okay. it's what happens what when happens. you meet yeah. Amen. <laughs> that's really it and so when i talk about the organic expression of the church i'm talking about what we see in the first century when the scripture uses koinonia and ecclesia true these greek terms mm -hmm. i had to drop the term organic church because so many people now have ideas in their head that oh yeah you're just talking about a home group that meets in the house and they eat together and they just talk about whatever comes to their mind mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a social club Oh, right. Or it's a glorified Bible study. That's not at all what I was talking about when I use organic expression of the church. So I have now dropped that term Amen. because it's meaningless now. Mm -hmm. right? But there are people who are part of what they would call a house church, a simple church, or an organic church. Mm -hmm. And Jeffrey, it's not focused on the gospel of the kingdom at all. all right. It's Amen. not a kingdom community where they're living under the lordship of the king. They're getting to know the king, expressing the king, mm. and embodying the gospel of the kingdom, yeah. and proclaiming and the gospel proclaiming of the kingdom. That's right. So consequently, that kind of church, I don't care if you call it a house church or an organic church, a simple church, I don't care what you call it. Mm -hmm. If it's not focused on and living from the gospel of the kingdom, mm -hmm. then 
It's not a kingdom community. Amen. Now, it's, it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It doesn't mean God isn't working in it or God doesn't use it. Mm-hmm. But it's not part of the insurgents. Amen. Which, you know, we're talking about that's in this podcast yet. episode. Yet. So the so kingdom perfect. cell is a simple way to put wheels on the gospel of the kingdom Ooh. and to make it a living reality. Yes. And if believers continue in it and allow it to flourish, now they become a community of mutual care, which is part of kingdom life. They begin to care for each other. They begin to meet each other's needs. And that spills over into what I call breaking good, mm. which is a spinoff from yeah, breaking, breaking Bad. bad. Yeah, breaking yeah. good like and you're plotting yeah, goodness. Yeah, yeah in your town or city as a witness, a living witness. Breaking good. So that's really the concept of the kingdom cell. And it has a lot of parallels, Jeffrey, in terms of the relational dynamic to mm-hmm. AA meetings, yeah. which you know all about. Yes, yeah, I do. And, and so, you know, with the kingdom cell and the AA model, those of you guys that you know, I share, you know, certain aspects, but but uh, you know, I, I was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and uh, I got to a point in my life where you know I ended up going to detox and and then rehab, and and I came into AA. Now, when I started going to AA, everything that I owned, you could put in a small garbage bag that you would see like in a business office the garbage container that would be next to somebody's desk. I, everything I had to, was, was in that. And, and so I had nothing. And so I was, I was living in a homeless shelter and uh, I went to, you know, I had to go to some AA meetings and you know, they give you this thing, you, you look for somebody that you would call a sponsor. And a sponsor is a person that you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Frank uses a term called recovering sinners, that we're all like we're recovering sinners. And I never thought about us in the body of Christ as recovering sinners. And so, you know, kind of listening to, to that piece is, is like one of the things that, that AA did, and if you just kind of think about this for a moment, if you're not familiar with it, you got a, a group of people in the room who have a common problem drugs and or alcohol. And they see that they're coming together to be transparent, to be genuine, and talking about you know that issue, it gives them a common point to meet upon, whether they're male or female, whether they're white, black, Chinese, or Latino, whether they're poor or rich. Because of this common problem, they come together to talk about these things and also they understand that being honest and being true uh, about the issues that are underlying the root causes of what caused them to drink, what caused them to drug, what caused them to do these different things, that that's the only way that they're going to, to stay on this path of, of sobriety. Anyhow, in that AA model then, because of that, there, there becomes a bond that's created and there also becomes uh, uh, relationships that get birthed that become intimate. And everybody needs somebody in their life that, that they can share and, and be open and honest with. Confidential, safe space. In a confidential, because it's called Alcoholics Anonymous, mm. right? What's said here stays here, right? And so, so I had this sponsor, and we'll, we'll call him John G., because uh, John died uh, about 15 years ago. 
but he had a very significant part in my life. He was there. He was there for me. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. I just said that. And I was in the Newark, New Jersey, Elizabeth, uh, Irvington, East Orange area, you know, th four cities spaced out, but not far from each other. But I went to meetings in all those cities and I had no way to get there but to walk. So sometimes I'd walk seven or eight miles or even longer to get to a meeting. But John said, if you get to the meeting, I'll make sure you get home. And he saw my determination. Mm. And after the meeting, you know, he'd stop and buy me something to eat at a diner, which was significant to me because I was eating shelter food. And so he took me to get clothes. And then other people in the group, you know, would, would give me this or give me that. And I went to these meetings, you know, there was that camaraderie, there was that connection, there was that let's support one another so that, you know, we can make it through whatever we're dealing with. And in those meetings, you know, I got my first job, you know, a person they were hiring at where they worked, where they worked at. They knew I was putting in for jobs, so they helped me. I got my uh, first place to live. I got people to help me get a piece of furniture, a bed, and different things. And so everyone just came around one another else to help and support one another. So I laid that foundation for you because when I, uh, the Lord saved me in the midst of all that, and I got to the church, and I was like, this is going to be even better because in the church, we got Jesus Christ too, because in AA, it was the God of your own understanding. But when mm. I got to the church after the service on Sunday, everybody got in their cars and left. And I was by myself. <laughs> see ya. Yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, see you some Wednesday night and others, you know, next week. I mean, my pastor would shake my hand and put a $20 bill in my hand. But I still was sitting in Popeye's eating my chicken by myself, you know. And the kingdom cell gives us an opportunity to connect with somebody who's like-minded. Mm. And what Frank does in the book is he gives us, after each section, he gives a taking action. So that we cannot just, just read these concepts and these principles. But Frank's ministry is very relevant, very practical. So practical things that we can work out and live out together. And again... It's, uh, it's that concept of just, you know, at least just one other person coming together and building this cell. And it's not based on the AA model. It's based on the biblical model that we see in the ecclesia where they're sharing life together yeah. and where no one lacked anything because they shared everything they yeah. had. They prayed, they ate meals, Amen. they listened to the word together, they did everything together, they married one another. Frank brings all that out in the book. I mean, their whole life, they were an alternative community in the earth that stuck out like a yeah. sore thumb. Amen. An alternative civilization. And like the commonality, the bond, the common mm -hmm. bond in AA was drugs and alcohol overcoming that. Yes. The common bond of a kingdom cell is the kingdom of God yes. and the gospel of the kingdom yes. and learning and exploring how to embody it, Amen. how to live it together. And the mutual care is a component that goes with it. Now, it takes time to build trust yes. in a relationship, yes, a human relationship on any level, but it also applies to relationships among believers. Amen. That takes time. You, you don't just meet somebody and immediately start sharing Absolutely. your life with them. That's right. There are actually levels of koinonia. Koinonia is the Greek term Amen. for fellowship yeah. in the New Testament. And when it comes to this business of mutual care, in spiritual bonding. At the recent conference we had, Deeper Christian Life Conference, I yeah, shared these, right. expounded on them, but I'll just go through them very briefly. Number one is fun, having fun. 
having fun. Very important in yeah. the beginning that there be fun and play and relaxation yes. and recreation that begins the forging of a relationship where trust and mutual care are eventually going to be Amen. embodied. So fun is the first one, having fun together. Two, sharing your life story and testimony. Yes. And I talk about this in the book. Everyone who's part of the kingdom self, just share your life story, your testimony. You don't have to go into the gory details, yeah. but just basically talk about and have an opportunity to share how you got here. Yeah. How'd you come to the Lord? Yeah. Amen. What was your backstory? Testimony. You know? Yeah, exactly. What what have you been through? Yeah. Again, in a general way, according to your comfort level. The third one is serving together. And we mm. do talk about service projects yes. Yes. as part of a kingdom cell. Yes. Right? But that's a deeper level yes. to serve yes. together. The fourth one, the fourth level is seeking the Lord together. Mm. This is where you come before the Lord's presence. Mm. And it can take the form of petitions intercessions it could take the form of being quiet before the lord mm. seeking his mind together mm. sharing what your impressions are concerning what the spirit is saying and then the fifth one this is the deepest level of all and this is where you share your struggles mm. your present problems yeah. your current issues but again that's the deepest level that's the deepest you know thing. and that takes yeah. time to it get does. there it takes time yeah so I want to share on the podcast, I shared this with you before, okay. a quote from Frederick Buechner, oh, yeah. which is incredible. Mm. And he compares the AA experience, the AA model, to the church mm. and what the community of the believers ought to be in the earth. Mm. And it is incredible. So I want to read that right now. He's talking about Alcoholics Anonymous, and he says... I believe that the church has an enormous amount to learn from them. I also believe that what goes on in them is far closer to what Christ meant his church to be and what it originally was than much of what goes on in most churches I know. These groups, meaning AA, mm -hmm. have no buildings or official leadership or money. They have no rummage sales, no altar guilds, no every member canvases. Hmm. They have no preachers, no choirs, no liturgy, no real estate. They have no creeds. They have no program. They make you wonder if the best thing that could happen to many a church might not be to have its building burned down and to lose all its money. Wow. Then all that the people would have left would be God and each other. Hmm. Whoa. Preach. The church often bears an uncomfortable resemblance to the dysfunctional family. There is the authoritarian presence of the minister, the professional who knows all of the answers and calls most of the shots, whom few ever challenge either because they don't dare to or because they feel it would do no good if they did. There is the outward camaraderie and inward loneliness of the congregation. Mm. Man, that is a powerful statement. That is. There is the outward camaraderie and the inward, inward loneliness, loneliness of the yeah. congregation. Yeah. There are the unspoken rules and hidden agendas, the doubts and disagreements that for propriety's sake are kept more or less undercover. There are people with all sorts of enthusiasms and creativities which are not often enough made use of or even recognized because the tendency is not to rock the boat but to keep on doing things the way they have always been done. My goodness, that's Frederick Buchner. Now, the reason why I wanted to share that is not to paint with a broad brush every kind of church. Yeah, I'm yeah. just pointing out, and you're pointing out, that a kingdom cell once it gets moving in the right direction, has a component to it where there's mutual care yes. of the believers one to the other, yeah. which 
resembles very much the AA model. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you use the term, Frankie V, that we're all recovering sinners. I love that term because it's like when I was in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, everybody identifies as a grateful recovering alcoholic or a grateful recovering drug addict. So even in the description that the author gave, you know, there really isn't a leader and there's shared leadership and rotation. And what's what I always found kind of ironic was that most of the meetings I was in used a church basement or fellowship hall to meet in. So they didn't own any property. And really, at the end of the day, you really just had one another. And everybody understood that if we don't care for one another, then one of us could fall back mm. into those destructive behaviors. And then lastly, even if I felt confident, let's say, in my own personal sobriety, there was still a component where, I think it was the 12th step, where just showing up to the meeting, even if I have no issues, even if everything in my life is going hunky-dory, I'm Mm. still showing up because me physically being present is there for someone else. Yes, amen. And so we have like, in America, in our individualistic culture, it's kind of like most people, I went to church in a crisis, most people come to the Lord in a crisis, Mm. but we get like me, 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 and my needs getting met. And if my needs are being met and I'm fine, then I really don't need to show up to the meeting or even be in a kingdom cell, as opposed to what would that mean for someone else? Mm. Just because, because, and then I'm also helping myself by being there for someone else. Kind of sounds like Philippians 2, let this mind be in you that was in Christ mm. Jesus, who looked upon the needs of others as more important than you know themselves. And I think that's what even in Alcoholics Anonymous helps like kind of push that taking care of one another agenda, which, you know, I, I sincerely believe that we need the body of Christ, but the kingdom cell is a great place to start. Yeah. I have a chapter in Insurgents on hospitality, I mm. believe, and hospitality is woven into the kingdom of God and the kingdom community. And so you can think of the kingdom cell as sort of a microcosm or at mm. least a beginning spark to a full, robust kingdom community. Mm-hmm. You have to begin somewhere. And you have all the dynamics there. At least you have most of the dynamics there in a small group. And I, I think the AA model, which Buchner talks about, is something that is derived from the principles of Scripture. Yes, it is. And his point is that what you see in that model is much closer <laughs> to mm-hmm. what the first century Christians had in this thing called ecclesia. But uh, coming back a long way to the original question that this sister asked, I think it is the answer to her particular dilemma. And we have those resources that she could look at, particularly the blog post on how to start a kingdom cell. Yes. And I'm thankful, Jeffrey, that people all over the world are acting on this. And I'm getting reports and testimonies from people who are actually doing it. And I think that is the next step for people who read Insurgents. Mm. They're impacted by it. To know that this journey is not an individualistic journey. Amen. Uh, Even if you can find one other person person. to walk it out with. I was just talking to a brother who lives in Florida, and he was telling me he has eight people in his kingdom cell, and they're going through part four of Insurgents, the taking action section. 
Okay. And so they're really encouraging one another to go through that together, and yeah. they are. They're journeying yeah. together through it. So yeah. he was so excited. You could tell by his facial expression that wow. these guys were really thrilled you know, to go through it. So I think we'll end it there, Okay. and we have a lot more questions to answer, so we'll do that in future episodes. Sounds great. Y'all have a good day. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it. 